It is our hope that uh, you'll be blessed by the broadcast today. We would encourage you to, to subscribe to our channel and also would appreciate any thumbs up that you would give us during the service that comes together. Uh, we don't monitor the comments live, but you're more than welcome to make some comments and we can see those later uh, when we go back to it. So thank you for joining us. If you're here in person, again, we thank you for taking the time to be here. We want to particularly welcome those of you who are here in person who are guests with us today. If you would please, if you're one of our guests, take one of the blue guest cards that you'll find in the pocket on the back of the chair right there in front of you and fill out as much information as you find on the front and back of that card. We would appreciate it. We would like for that to be your gift to us today. And so there's a box in the back that says giving back to God. And we'd appreciate you putting your card with a little bit of information there uh, in that gift, in, in that box. We uh, are not looking to harass you in any way. We simply want to have a way to be able to continue the blessing of this hour forward into the days and weeks ahead. And that information will help us in that process. We have, I hope that you got a, cup, a copy of the Caring and Sharing on your way in. We will mention several things that are inside the Caring and Sharing uh, from, from the front here today, but not everything. Uh, always remember that you can find the Caring and Sharing and the Wednesday night announcement sheets on the website, www.ljchurch.org. Anytime that you want to access it, uh, we just have some great folks in the office. Jamie and Dara both do a good job of keeping it up to date, and so I think you'll find good things there. Particularly, if you have a moment to be praying for folks, you can download the announcement sheets or the caring and sharing and, and find a, a good prayer list that you can move forward with that. would like to add one prayer request to what's not in the caring and sharing. I uh, want to be sure that you remember the Kimmerling family as Shirley Kimmerling passed away early on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Uh, been in touch with the family and they don't have a specific plan uh, but she has been in the Webster area for several years now and and being part of uh, Larry's sister lives out that direction and uh, she's been caring for her and actually got to move home uh, just in the last couple of months to, to be with them and had some really great days uh, before Saturday and we're very thankful for that uh, keep Larry and that whole family in your prayers and we as soon as we know uh, uh, about the arrangements which uh, the funeral will be in the Webster area. Uh, Lamarck, I believe, is where the funeral home will be. You'll know about it as soon as we do. So look for that as well. want to uh, be sure and ask for you to uh, make sure that you have your communion elements this morning. We continue to uh, follow some contactless procedures. And so individual communion sets are available on the table in the in the back. Also, uh, our giving is done contactless. You've been so good about supporting that. You can uh, take a picture of the QR code on the screen. It'll take you to the website and give you an opportunity to give. Physical gifts today can be put in the same box we asked for our visitors to put their cards in. And uh, most of you, many of you, have already kind of started the process of having an electronic way to accomplish that, and we appreciate it very much. Coming up Wednesday, uh, we are going to be going out and carol, what we're calling caroling our saints, a tradition that we carried on for many, many years. We had to give it a hiatus last year because of things that were going on, but we're headed out again this year. There are a couple of details that will come together as far as how that's going to work exactly, but uh, no detail is more important than us knowing that you are willing to come and sing with us. Please understand, if you've never done it before, you might not conceive of this, but we send multiple groups out around our area, 
and we want to be able to get to as many homes and nursing homes as possible to be able to sing. We cannot conceive of that list and put together where we can go unless we know a pretty good idea of who is willing to come, be here at 5.30, and then be sent out in transportation of various forms to, to be able to go and sing at these kinds of places. So the sign-up sheet is on the door as you head out just to your right. There should be a pen just over your shoulder on the Welcome Center desk. Uh, and again, I, I, I simply want to say to you, we won't get to as many people as we would like to if the list as it exists today is the list after we're done this morning. So today is the day to sign up. If you didn't sign up and something changes in your plans, you can feel, feel free to call the office and we would add you to that list. But we, we really do need to know that you're coming so that we have a good list and can head out and be a, it's just a great blessing, folks. It's been, been my joy over decades to see people light up and their smiles come on their face as we start singing. One of the unique things about singing carols in the, in the Gulf Coast area is that when you step up to a porch and brush up against the bushes, you have to whack the mosquitoes away to be sure that you can sing these lovely Christmas carols. And maybe, just maybe on Wednesday, it'll be warm enough that we can even put a jacket or a hat on and maybe feel like it's a little bit like Christmas. Next Sunday, uh, we have our time of what we call caroling our neighbors. Don't need you to sign up. Who comes is who comes. We have a great time. We head out that door and we cover as many houses around the church building as we can to just uh, to be a blessing. Uh, it, is, it is interesting to note, after having done it for more than 10 years now, there are people who light up, who we've, we were looking for you and we we're hoping you're coming. And so if you want to be a part of that, and I would say particularly parents, if you've got young children that have to sit in car seats, this is really the best scenario for them because getting them in and out of the car to go do the caroling to the saints is difficult. This, we're just walking around, and as long as they can walk or go in a stroller, we'd be glad to have them and love to have them. Prime Timers is coming up on Monday. If you're part of that group and want to be part of that, please don't miss it. And also, I want to be sure and mention that our Christmas dinner is coming up, not this Monday, but next Monday. So we need to get you signed up so that we can have an appropriate amount of food uh, for, for the, the party. And it's going to be a great party. We're looking forward to being back together after missing last year. This Sunday, we begin a new series called Angel's Wings. We're going to be looking at Luke's description of the birth of Jesus. Uh, and what is particularly punctuates this is these visitations of the angel Gabriel and, of course, the angel hosts that come to the shepherds as well. To sense that God is near is, seems to be what Luke is getting at. And God is very near and present to them. And we want to affirm that God is near and present to us as well want to be sure and say that I'm fully aware that there is no historical fact that we can point to a birth of Jesus on December 25th. I'm not arguing with you in any way, shape, form, or fashion. But if we allow what our culture calls Christmas time to simply degenerate into the idea of how much stuff can I get, you might have seen a show called The Grinch who's worried about how much stuff people get. If we allow Christmas to degenerate into that, or excuse me, that is exactly what Christmas will degenerate into if we don't continue to press the cause that this is not about the stuff we can give each other, but this is about the greatest gift that God has ever given in Jesus Christ. Amen? 
And if anyone is going to carry that message to our neighbors and our friends and the people that we run into at Walmart and HEB and everywhere else, who is going to deliver that message if it isn't us? Amen? And in reality, we could do these stories and these sermons because, by the way, they're in the text. If we're going to preach the full gospel, we're going to preach everything that's in there. And this is in the Bible. But the question would be, if we're going to do it at a certain time, if not now, then when? It is when your neighbors are conversing about Christmas. Or it's maybe when your neighbor refuses to recognize Christ's involvement and they don't want to say Merry Christmas. But you know that the source of everything good about this time of year is what God has done. So if not us, then who? And if not when, if not now, then when? So I invite you to join with me as we sing songs that will bring us to that time of year as we glorify God, not only in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, but in the fact that there couldn't have been a cross and there couldn't have been a resurrection if it weren't for a birth in Bethlehem. Gary, would you start us off in prayer? Will you please pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we... We come to you as, as your children. We are so thankful for the, to be able to call you children, or call you Father, and that relationship that we have. And Father, we know that this relationship would not be possible if it weren't for the gift that you gave us, the gift of Jesus. Father, uh, as Alan just said, we pray that we could... Uh, take this time as an opportunity to talk to uh, others about that gift. Father, uh, we praise you for, for being our, our protector, our, our shield, our, our, our healer. And we have uh, a lot of members on our list at this time that, uh, and, and members of, and friends of members that are, that are having ill health. And we pray that uh, we know that you care for, for them, you care for us, you know the number of hairs on our head. And Father, we, we ask your hand of healing over those, over those folks. Father, uh, there are a lot of efforts going on right now to, to reach out to the ministries. Uh, the, we pray for those efforts, the Christmas baskets, the, the caroling, uh, the gifts uh, for the Arms of Hope, uh, the new men, men's ministry. We pray your blessings on those efforts, and, and, and we pray that your name will be glorified through them. Father, for, our, uh, for the special uh, ministry this month, uh, the, the ministries to orphans, to single families, the Arms of Hope, uh, the Sunny Glen Home, the Cherokee Home. Father, we pray for those ministries. We know that in many cases, uh, the, the kids and the families that are involved in those ministries uh, were very desperate, and this was their only hope, and we pray that you will have an impact on those ministries and that you will uh, just reach out to those those folks that are being helped. Uh, Father, for our country, uh, we pray that uh, 
you will guide the leadership, uh, the decisions that they're making, uh, Father, especially the Supreme Court judges, the decisions that they'll be making soon. Uh, Father, for those that uh, died in uh, Kentucky recently due to the tornadoes, we pray for them and their families that you'll reach out to them. Father, at this time when we begin our worship, we pray that we can set aside uh, the many things that are going through our minds and just focus on you. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a relatively new uh, song for the season, but if you, uh, as you sing the, the lyric, please pay attention to the words because you'll hear both the angels uh, that Alan's going to be talking about, but you'll also hear Mary rejoicing about the news that she had heard. Let's stand as we sing. Good news of great joy for every woman, every man. This will be a sign to you. This will be a sign to you. A baby born in Bethlehem. A baby born in Bethlehem. Come and worship. Do not be afraid. A company of angels. Glory in the highest. And on the earth peace among child is born, unto us a son is given, let every heart prepare his throne, let every nation under heaven, come and worship, do not be afraid, my soul, my soul, magnifies the Lord, my soul, magnifies the Lord. He has done great things for me, great things for me. My soul, my soul, magnifies the Lord, my soul, magnifies the Lord. He has done great things for me, great establish it with his righteousness, and he shall reign on David's throne, and his name shall be from this day on, wonderful counselor, and his name shall be everlasting father. Wonderful Counselor. 
Exalted, the King is exalted on high. I will praise Him. He is exalted forever, exalted, and I will praise His name. He is the Lord forever. His truth shall reign. can dismiss our kids the stage two nursery the limitless kids and praise kids as they leave we're going to sing o come o come emmanuel and we're going to sing the first verse then the chorus then second third and fourth verses followed by the chorus Shadows 
Good morning. I will be reading from Luke 1, 5 through 13. In the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless, childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for burning incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. Let's stand as we sing these three songs. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel his mighty power and his grace. I can I 
Hill Church said, you may be seated. Have you ever sensed the brush of angels' wings? In his presence we sense, and we're in holy ground and we can sense his angels all around. A moment where you are powerfully aware of God's presence, so aware of his presence that it is a palpable, it is a sensory perception. It is no longer simply a theory that God is with us. It is no longer simply the the testimony that I believe what the Word of God says, that God is with us, but instead it crosses that threshold into something true and tangible for you. Not likely that it becomes that same thing for other people, although there are moments. Let me just say, worshiping with you guys on Sunday mornings particularly, when, when, when it's not just a few of us in this room, but we, we fill it up as best we can fill it up these days, and we sing these songs of God's presence and of His uh, celebrating all that God does, um, there's a special sense that angels are here with us, amen? And maybe you sense that with me. Um, yeah, uh, you, you don't know it. I, 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 sometimes my hand goes up during a song. Just want you to know that's never me. That an angel is lifting my hand. I have nothing to do with it. That's a joke. Don't be too worried, too worried, too worried. One of the things about God's presence, though, is it can show up in those moments. Um, Holy Ground is a very special song to me. Um, had a, I've preached two funerals in last 20 years and and for these sorry I've preached many more funerals than that I preached two particular funerals and they were two people who were in my life 30 years ago and we sang this song at a camp setting Hensel camp many of you know Hensel camp have been there have been in the amphitheater and sitting in the amphitheater natural stone amphitheater there's a cliff off in the distance that you can kind of see through the trees We sang Holy Ground to wrap up a worship service at that session of camp. And these two people, um, Furman Wardell and Sheila Weaver, uh, came running down to me. They were on staff. These are not campers. And they said, did you see them? Did I see what? Alan, we saw angels on the cliff. Um, There's a particular import to that in that every year we went to camp, we prayed very specifically that God would create a dome of spiritual protection around that place so that his children can grow in a unique way and be unaffected by the things in the world. Just for that one five, six day time, and they came and said, did you see them? We saw angels on the cliff surrounding us. God is with us. And we affirm that reality. But I need you to know that it's not always about those spiritual high moments. In my life, there have been very few times as powerful in the sense of God's abiding presence, palpable sense of God's presence, uh, when I was 50 years old. And what do you do when you're 50? What do you do when you're 50? Go for a colonoscopy. And that's a presence of God moment, right? No. Um, It is when the GI comes in and says, this is not a problem, this is not a problem, but this is a problem. And you come to this moment and you realize, I'm not alone. I'm not going to go through this alone. Whatever happens, whatever happens, 
God is with me. And sometimes it is that God allows us to go to those places of vulnerability, those places where the human stuff that we build up our person around and think we're so strong and able to be who we are, when all of that kind of gets eroded away and we have to realize that, no, I am who I am and I stand where I stand because God is with me. I pray that you sense the brush of angels' wings, and I might go so far as to say, I pray that your days, not just days at this time of year, not just in the midst of a sermon series called Angels' Wings, but that every day you might pray, Lord, I want to sense your presence. I want to feel, I want to hear, I want to be aware of the brush of angels' wings all around me, at work, with my family, at Walmart. Do we need God's presence with us anywhere more than we do at Walmart? Somebody say amen, especially at this time of year. There are a few more unexpected moments in the gospel that Luke writes than this moment that I love the way this artist captures. We have had the announcement, uh, almost like a prophetic prediction, but in reality, angels come and announce that a, a boy will be born known, that's going to be known as John, and that the Son of God will be born to Mary. We're going to read that announcement in just a minute. But the writer of Luke, Luke, sorry, brings us to this interplay between these two announcements. And it's no longer about sort of a, an argument that the angel has with someone, right? Zechariah says, oh, wait a minute, they're a little bit old. And Mary says, wait a minute, I don't have a husband. And instead, it becomes a very personal awareness. Two mothers come together, one very young, one who's very old, one who's been praying for a baby all her life, and one who had never expected to be pregnant, at least not for the next year or so, having been betrothed to Joseph, but not yet consummated that relationship. They come together in this moment that Luke will describe and say to us, Mary comes into her presence, walks in the door of her home, and Elizabeth turns and rejoices. The baby in my womb moved. God's presence was no longer just a theory or an idea, but the angel that spoke to Zechariah that he's told me about, or written to me about, of course, in the temple has now made his presence known here, and this baby is moving within me because of your presence. It took a leap of faith for an aged cousin, a cousin of much senior years, a cousin who's been married, who's, who's done, and the way Luke represents she and Jack, Zechariah, they've done everything right all their lives. And now finally this pregnancy comes to them, and now this girl... Not yet without a marriage being consummated, although betrothed. And she celebrates, not because it's the logical thing to do, not because the social norms would say it's the right thing to do, but instead because the angels move. And she says, there's nothing I can do except rejoice with you. She says, blessed are you among women, and blessed is what... It that which is in your womb. It's an amazing thing to say 
when all we can do, really, if we're standing in Elizabeth's shoes, is say, wait a minute, the angel didn't tell Zechariah anything about Mary having a baby. Elizabeth is rejoicing with a teenage, unmarried mother because she's not looking at it the way you and I would look at that. She's looking at it the way God would look at it. And as unexpected as it is, she senses God moving around her, God moving within her, and says, this is blessed. Amen? May each of you mothers, in your time, find that moment when people want to say, what is within you is a blessing, and we bless you in carrying that baby. As much as Luke's narrative includes these kind of interactions with supernatural uh, events, angels showing up, hosts of angels showing up, Incredible things happening to bring this story together, to make sure that we know it's a God story. He also wants to be sure as we read his gospel, in the first two chapters as we read his gospel, that he's not simply telling a myth. Instead, he is telling real human history. Chapter 1 will be placed in the context of Herod the Great, who's ruling on the throne in in Jerusalem over Judea. And then when we turn to Luke chapter 2, he will announce that it is Caesar Augustus who has issued a decree. And the reason that they go to Bethlehem is because of what Caesar has done. In a very powerful way, Luke is putting us in history. He will give us time stamps that coordinate with nine-month gestations. Our babies being born in nine months. He'll give time stamps as that moves along. He wants to be sure that he, he, we understand that as much as God is involved in this, it's a very human sort of story. It's real. It's tangible. It is as real as the life you live, and yet God has intersected it in a very, very powerful way. How often do we get so wrapped up in our world that we see as just this natural occurrence of of situations and reactions and circumstances such that we don't really keep our eyes open for the brush of angels' wings and for the message of God and His saying that your life is the place where I want to do my good even if you aren't expecting it. So we've read and Callan did such a good job of reading from us from the announcement of John's birth. Let's skip down in the chapter to verse 26 and read from the announcement that we're more familiar with, Gabriel's announcement, pronouncement to Mary. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Just for very quick here, Luke doesn't want this to be unembodied people. He doesn't say that there was a woman and she was engaged to a man, but most importantly, God's son came. He wants us to know that there are real people, real people just like you and I. People, by the way, that if it weren't for what God was doing, nobody would even have noticed. And it may well be that you kind of see your own life as kind of one that, well, I'm not sure anybody would notice if I weren't here. One of the reasons that you're involved in a church family is because you know that that 
put you in a place and with a group of people who are noticing you. But I want to affirm that God is noticing exactly where you are and all the things that you're doing, especially as you act in faith. We don't have any kind of sense that Mary has done anything right in this process. In fact, in reality, she's favored because of what God does for her. We don't know that Joseph has done anything right, except that he's going to stand up and be the guy who God needs him to be when the time comes. Joseph and Mary. And he came, he came to, the, to, the, to her and said, came to Mary and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. I just want to remind you one more time that when angels show up, it's a scary deal. And in your own life, sometimes when God starts moving in a way that's like, wait a minute, whoa, 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 I'm not sure I signed up for this. We need to rest. Because if God's carrying us there, he's going to take, take care of us in a way that only he can. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you will name him Jesus. And he will be great. And he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And we all say, Amen. But that's not what Mary says. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? Now I want to just point out something real quickly here. Mary's primary message that she's heard from the angel is not that he's the son of God and that his kingdom will last forever and that he's the fulfillment of all that God's been doing since the very beginning is going to bring about things that we've been waiting for for hundreds of years. No, what she hears is, I'm going to get pregnant? A little bit like us. Sometimes God has great plans and all we want to say is, you mean I'm going to have to miss my day off? You mean I'm going to have to throw in a little more of my money? You mean this is going to be a little bit of an inconvenience? God has great plans. Amen? God had great plans for Mary. God has great plans for you. But are we looking and are we trusting? How can this be since I am a virgin? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you in the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Just very quickly here, the language, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. If you take that from Greek to Hebrew, you look at Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, everything was null and void, and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the earth. What God is about to do in Mary's womb is equivalent to what God did when he created from nothing into all that we know. And Luke wants to be sure that we tie together not only that God is doing this amazing thing in Israel's history, but God is doing something that was, is like the original creation that will touch every single person on the whole earth. Amen? And the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now, your relative, 
Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And in that phrase, Mary ties together both the Isaiah, who when God calls him says, here am I. But in that phrase, he also ties in what Jesus will do ultimately in the garden before he goes to the cross. As he prays and says, surely this cup can pass. But he says, I don't want it to be the way I want it to be. I want it to be the way you want it to be. And Mary says, from this earliest moment, this young girl caught up in a world of difficulty and struggle because of the situation that she's going to find herself in, says, I want to be yours. I'm available for you, and I want it to be the way you want it to be. You see, with God, nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. God will, with God, we need to be looking for angels' wings. We need to be expecting the unexpected. We need to be the people who say, I, I realize it looks desperate and difficult. And boy, we're in the middle of a time in our, in our individual community where things are difficult and scary. And we might even say hopeless. We as a nation are living in a time when so many conflicts are going on. And it almost seems that, that people can hardly talk to each other about nearly any subject without it having to be this inflammatory thing. Divided in so many different ways. And yet, with God, we believe something greater can happen. Amen? With God, we believe that there is hope, even in the most hopeless places. With God, we recognize that even the insurmountable things can be conquered. Because He wants to lead us to those good things. So incredible way that there's nothing here that we expect. I mean, let's just let's stack Mary up here. God's going to do something with who? And the answer is with Mary. Mary, a young woman in a time when age is so incredibly respected. Mary, who not only is not known by very many people, but she's in the kind of the backwaters of away from civilization. Who? And not only that, in a society that's highly stratified, Mary is proclaimed to be this poor child from a poor family. There's nothing here that should expect great things from us, except there is this one other very unexpected kind of thing. Isaiah, back 500 years, 600 years 800 years earlier, depending on how you see the writing of Isaiah, said, The Lord himself will give a sign, and the young woman will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. You may have heard this, tr this translated in a different way. That the virgin will conceive. That it is the idea that God is not simply leaning into the common meaning of the word, but God is saying, I am going to bring something that you think is impossible to accomplish my good. Again, 
The word translated in your Bible is likely virgin. Some translations will not do it that way. But the common way to translate that Hebrew word is just young woman. Every once in a while it will represent a virgin. But when we come to the New Testament and when it is proclaimed and and seen as as a fulfillment of what Jesus was doing, it is not just the idea of a young woman who, oh, well, maybe it's not all that big a deal because she's already married and already knows a man and good things are going on there. No. It is the God that says, I'm going to take something that's impossible. By the way, even more impossible than a barren woman who continues to know her husband but having not been known by man and with no sort of physical contact, something that can't be is. Something that's impossible becomes a new and wonderful hope. How can we be a people who are listening, listening for angels' wings and particularly the hope of God's unexpected work in our lives? First of all, We need to be sure that we don't let our sense of what's good be the level of expectation that we put on things. In reality, we need to let God set our expectations. Amen? How hard is it going to be to get there? Really hard. Is it impossible to get there? Not with God. Amen? And sometimes we sort of get wrapped up in the world's expectation of what good is instead of let God in God's expectation of what that good and blessing can be. Secondly, and this becomes really hard sometimes, we need to be a people who are resting in the ever greater provision of God. Does God want to give you just enough? I don't think that's the answer. God wants to give you His ever greater. And by the way, I'm not talking about being richer. I'm not talking about having a bigger house or a better car or whatever it may be. But in your sense of the impact of your life, there is a God's ever greater. In the sense of what God wants to do with you, there is an ever greater, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, if you'll put your life in His hands. Finally, If we're going to be listening for God's unexpected hope, we need to be sure that we are trusting in the promise of God that He can use everyone who will say, Here am I. We're involved in this this Christmas basket project, aren't we? We're we're going to take out... It sounds like more baskets than we've ever taken out before. Probably 40-some families are going to get served. And you can look at that and say, what difference can I make? What difference is my little gift going to make? And what we don't know is how God's goodness can work in our little efforts. You're going to pick up a card back there and it's going to say a gift for a three-year-old boy. And you're going to go and you're going to find something that you're going to give. And you may say, what difference will this make? But if you will take the time to say, God, I'm buying this because I want to honor you. God, I'm going to get this and give this because I want it to be your blessing. I'm going to lay it down at your feet. There is no telling what that gift can do. What the gift of your groceries, the difference that might make in a household. And yes, we can become cynical and we can walk in. I've delivered groceries so many times you can't know. 
And sometimes you walk in that house and there's a 70-inch TV sitting there and you think, what am I doing bringing groceries? But every once in a while, you recognize that the only presents that are going to be under that tree are the presents that we bring. And the food that we bring is going to go from an empty place to a full place. And you're never going to know the difference between those two places. God is. The question is, are you going to be faithful to say, here am I? We've got about 30 kids' cards left back there. And my question to you is, are you going to say, here am I? Are you going to pick up a card and sign and say, I got this card and I'm going to take care of that present? Can you give some money so that someone can do it for you if you're not comfortable getting out? If you're online with us and want to be involved in that, please call Gary or Kelly McBrayer. They'll help you get involved. But bottom line is, when we do those kinds of things, we're saying that God can even use me. And God has a greater hope than I could imagine. And God wants to do the expected, even with my small gifts, because I say, here am I. I want to serve the way you want to serve. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Make no mistakes, saying that is a scary thing. To say, God... I realize my expectations where things ought to to go is over here, and I don't know where you're going to lead it. But I'm going to say, here am I. I want it to be the way you want it to be. Make no mistakes. That can be a scary place. But that's exactly what he invites us to. And it almost seems that the scarier the step may be, the greater our sense of God's presence with us as we step out into it. Amen? And it would be my prayer that you, that you would do things in your life, not just at this time of year, but always, where you get to that place that if this is going to be good, if this is going to work out, if this is going to be a blessing, it will not be because of what I put into it and how good I am, but it is because of God's presence of the presence of God's angels and messengers and His power. If there's any way that we can help you step into God's hope for you and God's expectations for you and that sense of being a person who says, God, here am I. Won't you come now as we stand and as we sing. In need of grace, in need of in need of mercy, rain down from high above. In need of strength, in need of peace, in need of things that only you can give to me. In need of Christ, the perfect one.
seated, please. As we prepare to go to communion, uh, stage two children are being released. So if you want them to come this way, feel free to go out and collect them. Another song that we introduced a few years back is, is this song here. And I encourage you to uh, watch the words as you sing them. Tears are falling, hearts are breaking, how we need to hear from God. You've been promised, we've been waiting, welcome holy child, welcome holy child, hope that you You know, as we go through this time of year, we get really busy with things. And sometimes we get so busy we don't really focus in. And Alan, I really appreciate your message this morning um, on the, the true meaning of Christmas. And, um, you know, if we, we look at what the world looks, was looking for at that time, they were looking for a rural king to come in, right? And they were looking for that king to take control. But when you look at the extraordinariness of the, the, the birth of Christ... And how ordinary it became. And then you think, hmm. You also look at that from a, you know, they wanted him to come in and take control. But yet, the way he took control was, he went to that cross. And so, I want to read through some of those words. And David, thanks for leading that song. Read through some of those words again. Because I think sometimes we get into the song and singing, we don't really hear those words. And how it goes through his life. Tears are falling, hearts are breaking. How we need to hear from God. You've been promised, and we've been waiting. Welcome. Hope that you don't mind our ordinary manger here. How I wish we could have known. 
But long-awaited holy stranger, make yourself at home. Bring your peace into our violence. Bid our hungry souls be filled. Word now breaking heaven's silence. Welcome. Fragile fingers sent to heal us. Tender brow prepared for those thorns. Tiny heart whose blood would save us unto us is born. So wrap our injured flesh around you. Breathe our air and walk our sod. Rob our sins. Take those sins away from us and make us holy. Set us apart. Perfect son of God. Let us pray for the cup, for the, for the bread. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for forgiving your son to come to here in an extraordinary way, but also in an ordinary way. And for going to the cross and for dying on that cross and being raised again. Lord, we thank you for the time each week we can come together and we can pause and think about that. And we thank you for this bread that you've given to us now to represent his broken body. Be with us now as we take it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Let's pray for the cup. Father, again, we thank you so much for the gift that you've given to us. We thank you for this cup that you've given to us to represent his blood that was shed on the cross that covers our sins. Be with us now as we take. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you be poured out like wine upon the altar for me? Would you be broken like bread to feed the hungry? Would you be so one with me that I would just as I will? Would you be life and life and love my word fulfilled? Hope you would join me in saying, you know, that was a question from that first verse of it, but would join me in saying, yes, I will be poured out like wine upon the altar for you. I'll be broken like bread to feed the hungry. I'll be so one with you that you may do just as you will. I'll be light and life and love your word fulfilled. Going back to Alan's previous sermon series on a living sacrifice. Would you be a living sacrifice? Come time of our worship service where we um, have time to give back to God. We, we thank you for the many contributions that you do give. It's, it's a blessing, the, the, the work that this congregation does, not only here in this community, but around the world. I would remind you of a couple of things. Um, the last day the office will be open um, is on December 30th, so if you have a special contribution that you would like to give, make sure that you do get it in by the, the 30th of this month. Also, if you look on the caring and sharing, anything at the end of the year that we do give and above and beyond that budget um, will go towards helping us to pay down the, um, the debt that we do have. So see that as an opportunity to be able to work on that as well. Let's go to our Father in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for the many blessings that you've given to us. We thank you for the abilities that we have to work within this community and around the world to spread your word. And we pray that you'll continue to help us to do that. We pray that you'll be with this offering and bless it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I just want to express my thanks and appreciation to everyone that's here joining with us. Thank you very much for coming. Appreciate those joining us online as well. If you're visiting with us, let me extend my thank you to you for visiting with us. We have several uh, visiting with us. Harold Cox is very proud of his full row back there. So we, we appreciate all that. Thank you very much. We have some other visitors and we're very appreciative of, of your attendance here. Thank you very much. Um, be sure and check the caring and sharing. We have a thank you note from the family of Jeffrey Fuller who passed away and uh, we appreciate their thank you note and the way that we were able to attend to them and during their time of need. Uh, please read the caring and sharing front to cover if you could and please pay special attention to the prayer request. Uh, let's pray for these people, keep on our minds. Let's look here on the back sheet. Uh, we have our assisted living, missionaries, military, and those who need additional prayers. So let's just keep all those people in mind and just stop and just pray for them some uh, as we go through our day-to-day our -day, uh, notes. Our mission uh, emphasis is children's homes, the three that we specifically uh, support financially, the uh, Sunny Glen, the Cherokee, and uh, the Arms of Hope. And in conjunction with that, we have the two opportunities uh, here on this side of the foyer is the little stars, the gift cards. That is due today. You still have time today to grab one of those, do a gift card. Uh, on this other side over here is our Christmas baskets uh, where you can sign up to buy a gift. Uh, those are due, I believe, by Wednesday. Uh, and then uh, Thursday or Friday, sometime in there, they're going to be wrapping those presents. We'll need some help doing that. Saturday, they're going to deliver those, need help with that. And I would encourage parents and grandparents to involve your children in this. It's time to start when they're about four, five, six years old to teach children it's more blessed to give than to receive. So let's engage them, let them get a little money out of their piggy bank, let them contribute some of their funds, okay, and let them start learning to give, be a cheerful giver. Uh, it's an excellent time, and, the kid, and they can help you shop for gifts. I don't know what gifts to buy. Take your kids with you and say, hey, we're, buy we're buying for an eight-year-old kid. What do you want? Okay, so let's involve. That's, a, that's an excellent thing to start involving our children in. Also, uh, in addition to the caring and sharing, Alan has his uh, update that he does weekly. Uh, please check in with that. Lots of good information there uh, on things and what's going on and uh, in helping us uh, do that. And the next one is, and, uh, and uh, the sign up for Caroling with the Saints is Wednesday. Let's not forget uh, Caroling with the Saints. We just need voices. They would probably even let me, and I'm terrible, you know, Whatever you call my singing, it's not singing, but whatever. But let's sign up for that. Uh, let's once again bring your kids along. Let's involve the kids, spread our Christmas joy, and, and, and be involved with that. And uh, with that, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we just want to start and just thank you for Jesus. Uh, just thank you for Mary and her willingness to be your servant. Lord, we just ask that you would give us the same attitude. Let us be willing to be your, your servant. Let us just say, Lord, here am I. Send me. And Lord, as we have worshiped and assembled this morning, we're just thankful for each person that's gathered here, each person that's uh, joining us online. We just, we just pray for your saints all over the world, some meeting literally in fear of their lives for serving you. And Lord, we just ask your blessing upon each and every one of them. And we just thank you. 
for each and every one of our brothers and sisters all over the world. And Lord, we just want to, as we come to this time when some of the world turns their attention to the birth of your son, the birth of our Savior, just let us uh, be lights in the community. Let us spread the cheer. Let us spread the good news. Uh, Lord, let us be your hands. Let us be your feet. Let us be your voices. Let us be uh, courageous and bold, yet let us be humble in your sight. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for the love that Jesus showed by dying on the cross. Uh, we just thank you for the forgiveness of our sins that we have in him. Uh, we just hope that the things we've done this morning has been uh, pleasing to you, that we have raised our voices uh, in worship to you, that we have praised and glorified you, and that each one of us has been lifted up. Lord, we just pray for those that are suffering uh, from the loss of loved ones. We pray for the Bob Dozier family and just uh, be with them, uh, with uh, Jeffrey Fuller family, continue to be with them and others, those that are sick physically. Uh, Lord, we just ask for a healing there. We just pray that you'd comfort them, that you would heal them, that you'd give them patience as they wait on that healing. And Lord, we pray for those that are sick spiritually. Let us be examples to them. Let us be ministering servants to them. Let us be uh, those that can bring the cheer of good news uh, that Jesus has died for all of us. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand as we sing this last song. He is able. As we've heard the story of Mary, he is able. And sometimes as we deal with struggles in our own lives, we think there's no way I can get to the other side. But he is able. He is able, more than able, to accomplish what concerns me today. God.